I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. I am so excited to welcome today Chef Eric Rivera, who is quickly in Seattle becoming the restaurant industry's radical guerrilla chef, who is calling a lot of chefs and restaurant owners to the table regarding how they're dealing with the quarantine, closed restaurants, changing world in light of COVID-19. He spent years cooking at Alinea, the Michelin-starred restaurant in Chicago, and then came back to his home state to open the widely popular auto incubator. His pop-up has now branched up into the auto pantry, thoughtful takeout services, themed meals, the incredible auto for the people that is delivering meals to our healthcare workers and houseless population, funded mostly by donations, portions of the profits from his takeout services, and pantry profits. Eric, welcome. I'm really excited to have you here. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I think uh, the first time I ever met you, I was taken to a dessert tasting menu, 10 courses for my birthday, and... Yeah. I didn't, I had never heard of it. It was a surprise. They were actually didn't tell me where I was going before I got there. And then I was told I was given champagne and told it by this beautiful redhead, uh, Ingrid, that uh, it was a dessert tasting menu. (laughs) Hi, Ingrid, that I, that I was so excited and so impressed. And then this wild haired chef came out and was just like putting things in front of me. And I let it slip that it was my birthday. And you were like, you get three extra courses. And my mind was blown. I was on a sugar high for about eight days. And it was incredible. It was so good. So um, that was my first uh, input <laughs> to your, the method to your madness. I appreciate it. No. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> well, what I like to tell, ask everybody at, in this podcast, because at the end of the day, this is about the human experience is... How are you doing right now, like today in this space? Because we're in a weird place. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stressed out. Um, anxiety's up there, just pretty much everything. I mean, it's just like a big roller coaster every day, every second, like that goes by. Um, pretty tired, but, you know, it, it's just like that's kind of myself. I don't really care about that too much. Um, there's a lot of bigger things kind of going on that are more important, you know making sure our employees are safe and paid and we're not closing. And, you know, we have guests that support us with buying stuff. So making sure they're getting what they need from us. Um, so it's, it's a lot less about what my problems are <laughs> and what I need and more about like what they should be getting from us. Well, I think that's amazing. You know, I know I, I often wonder if you, you and Ingrid sleep. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I wake up, all the time now, um, like tons of times in the night, you know, I'll wake up, be awake at like at four thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and then go to sleep every night around like midnight or one. So it's just, it's very sporadic, you know? Um, but that's just normal now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I often wondered if you slept before all this. And so now I can't even imagine, but I think that yeah. you, your mind is constantly spinning and it looks like you're always creating new 
life. But I think right now, especially in the restaurant world, most people know if you're from, so I'm from a restaurant family. I don't know if I told yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family owned restaurants here in Seattle for 60 years. And so yeah. having an uncle and a grandfather who never really slept and never really had a vacation. And that's just the restaurant world. When they offered me a restaurant, I said, no, because I saw, <laughs> I saw how they lived their lives. Oh, no. Yeah, I was good. I was good. But it also takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. So how are you trying to practice self-care? I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot for other people, yeah. um, but are you watching some good TV? Are you eating no. like food? No. No, I mean, uh, it, it's, I can go through a whole day with like not really realizing I didn't eat anything. You know what I mean? Um, I can go through a whole day with, you know, just barely getting home and like trying to watch something and not doing that. Um, there's a lot. It's just, it's just a lot of stuff that's up in the air. So for me, that's my first idea of like trying to make sure we're doing stuff. Right. You're, you're never not doing something. Um, so it's been a life adjustment for Addo. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what have you, what, what adjustments have you had to make besides the obvious, your space is closed, the one in yeah. Ballard, but I mean, what, what are you doing now? What, how have you adjusted some, you know, some restaurants and I know we share this opinion, some restaurants boarded up, laid off employees and, mm-hmm. and, and ran for the Hills. Yeah. I mean, we still, I mean, our space in Ballard is open, just not to the public. Um, so we do everything out of it still. Um, it's just, it's very different. We've blacked out our windows, so you can't really see in from the outside. Uh, we didn't put plywood or any of that kind of stuff. We just blacked it out. Um, and then all of our, you know, I can kind of show you, I guess here. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> this is kind of like our dining room. Now. It looks like a warehouse. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It, it looks like a commissary almost. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the big part is, is going, you know, how much stuff do we have going on? What are we trying to do? How can we keep the doors open? How can we keep everybody moving? And then from there, you know, maximizing the space for those new programs um, is the new thing. So it's, it's just very, it happens very quickly. Um, you know, we were in Puerto Rico on a guided tour with our guests and I flipped everything over off using a hotspot off my phone to my laptop in about like almost two days, completely reformatted the entire company wow. um, from, from Puerto Rico <laughs> while we were still open and still doing some dinners and then everything got shut down. And by that time we already had programming in place to like keep going. Right. So I, so during this, I've been trying to, you know, have takeout as much as possible and support as many restaurants as I can. And I, I checked in with my uncle who now runs Vince's enterprises and my family restaurants. And I asked him how he was doing. And he said, it's kind of a nightmare on earth for us restaurant owners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're just constantly having to think of new things. Um, just it's, it's every day there's like new programming. There's new stuff that you kind of have to deal with. There's purveyors that are dropping off. There's, you know, employees that, um, you know, you were, they're like, well, I don't really feel good right now. And, and you're just like, go home right. <laughs> and go get tested. And then they come back like a week later and they're like, oh, I'm good. I, it was just a flu or I had allergies or something. And so there's all these like crazy variables with it. And, you know, having orders coming in that, you know, are going to supposed to be there on Monday. And then the last second they're like, well, we didn't get that in, <laughs> you know, and you right. have, stuff and people are expecting things to 
you know, be delivered to them or they're picking it up. And so there's all these extra like variables in play. Um, it's not just as easy as it, as easy as it used to be because, you know, I can track out and sell tickets to stuff that was in May and plan towards it. Now it's very like day by day, week by week, you know, right. it's very different. Right, right. So in addition to trying to stay afloat and trying to decide how you're going to move forward and like you said, flip the entire company so to stay afloat, you know, you're, you're also doing a great job at keeping the community accountable. I, yeah. I know that there's a few different um, organizations and groups that are working together to try to keep some of these businesses afloat. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the larger discussion here are the big heavy hitters that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I know, I know that you had a recent exchange with David Chang, which I thought was amazing um, yeah. because that is proof. And if you want to explain it a little bit to the listeners, that is proof that if you call somebody to the table and they humble themselves to see what they can do, that's actually a great um, ending to that sort of. Yeah. I think it's just how, like who it is, what they're saying and what they're doing. Um, and that's kind of how I've navigated it. It's I'm not going to go you know, to the restaurant next door and go like, why are you doing what I'm doing? That's pointless. Right. Um, but when, you know, I see, you know, the David Chings or the Daniel Baloods or, you know, 11 Madison parks or all these like chefs that have everything, all the resources, all the funding, <laughs> all the investors, you know, car deals and sponsorships and cookbooks and you name it. I mean, it's like, it's, it seems like these guys just like literally won the lottery like 20 times. Um, and in addition to that, you know, are rich. <laughs> it's, they're not fucking around. You know, they're right. not going like, I have to pay my rent next month. These guys are rich. <laughs> and I've met a lot of them. I've met a lot of them. I've talked to them. I know them. And so when their first thing is to go, well, we're going to shut down and lay everybody off and do this thing. I'm just like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's not a good yeah. option to me. You know, how are you going to sit there and say that? And then, you know, treat, um, you know, unemployment, like, oh yeah, well that's their right to have. I'm like, well, that's not fucking good enough, <laughs> you know, number one. And then they start like a GoFundMe or something. And they're like, we want to do this for our workers. And then the next thing you see them doing is like a sponsored thing with like Mercedes or American express or, you know, or getting maker's mark to like fund the kitchen and make it a community place. And I'm just like, well, all that money is going to you guys, but you have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of employees that are fucked, they're fucked, you know, right. and you can't, you can't get on MSNBC or CNN and all these TV shows and radio shows and talk about how hard it is when it's hard for them just to say it, but it's harder for their employees to have to deal with it. And that's my biggest thing where I'm like, I don't, I got really, really impatient with seeing that happening on a daily basis, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I just said, fuck it. You know, I don't have any, I don't have any ties to any of these people. Um, I don't have investors. So I think that's another thing that's big for me because it's not like pulled money between a bunch of old, right. You know, white rich dudes, um, where they can shut me up or tell me what I do or don't need to do. Um, I'm not in debt to any of those people either. So they can't come back and like shut me down. So for me, it's more about if we're all going to start off with the same thing and you guys are closed, then you shouldn't be allowed to talk. You know, if, if you're not open and you're not seeing what's happening and you don't have employees right now, um, then you have less than I do on a, a restaurant level. So why do we have to listen to those people talking? You know, and, and that's my whole point. And I'm like, I don't, I'm tired of that shit. You know, I'm, I'm really, it's exhausting enough already to have a restaurant and have to work 20 times as hard as anybody else does 
because I've just started my own first restaurant. Right. You know, and, right. And back and not having a story. I mean, I'm doing Puerto Rican food in a city that doesn't want it. You know what I mean? I'm doing all these other themes and things that people don't do because I have to. <laughs> you know, if it was easy for me to just be a fucking pasta place, I'd be a fucking pasta place and like make money. But that's not what I want to do with myself. You know, so for me, it's just, it's very different because then I see these guys getting accolades and, you know, the MSNBCs or the whoever else. And they're just like talking about fucking being a producer on Top Chef or having a fast food chain that they're going to launch in the middle of a pandemic. So it, it's really crazy because I'm over here going like, I have fucking less than 10 employees. I'm trying to get them paid. And you're taking attention from that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if we're gonna if we're gonna play that game, then I'll play it too, and I'll 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 do whatever it takes to silence them, so people pay attention to my stuff and to small businesses, like actual small businesses, and support us. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, I, I it, right when this all happened, I had a friend of a friend who worked uh, for uh, a Tom Douglas restaurant, yeah, and you know right. the fact that he laid off all the employees at 14, 15 restaurants and then told them that they would have to reapply for their jobs if their right. locations reopened was right. bananas to me. It's, it's it, it completely irresponsible. Um, and it's, it's the need for greed on their part. You know, so if you have a good idea, that's cool. If you have people believing in you, that's amazing. But if you start to go, I need to have another restaurant that we can do this. And then that becomes 20 restaurants and then you're overextended. That's fucking greed. Number one, number two, that's just ego. You know? So a lot of these guys are just going like, I'm ready to open up another restaurant down in this neighborhood and do this. And then they pat themselves on the back because they say they're feet, you know, helping 600 employees with paycheck or whatever. It's not, they're not doing shit. It's overextending. I can't tell you how many people don't know the names of all of the chefs that they work for or the employees or whatever else. Mm. It's always just fucking Tom Douglas. It's always just fucking Ethan Stoll. It's just always these guys. And so when you look at it like that, I'm over here going like, we're a single restaurant, (laughs) you know, and these guys have 20, they close and then they don't know what to do with it. I fucking wish I knew them better because I would have been like, give me your shit. I will take it over and I can do what I do in your space and you will not look as bad. But now I'll fucking make them look bad. I'll drag them in the sand. I don't give a shit because here's the thing. They've had their chance. They've had their chance and they fucked it all up because they're on greed. And that's not my fucking problem. My problem is now they've put so many people out of work without anything behind it. And then you have Ethan the other day was on King five saying that he got the PPP loan in the first round. This is a guy that has 17 restaurants. What the fuck does he need that for? First off, second, he said he didn't want it. He didn't know what to do with the money because there's so many different things that are involved with it. And, And he instead wanted to save it, hold on to it. And instead he wants to like figure out a way that he can use it to paying sales tax and utilities, which that's not what the thing is for. It was made to pay employees. So when you look at shit like that, and when I look at shit like that, I didn't get a fucking loan in the first round. I, whatever. I didn't get one. Ethan did. The Los Angeles Lakers did. Bruce Chris did, you know, Shake Shack did. And so I'm sitting here going like, well, they got what? $10 million. Bruce Chris did. And these guys, $5 million. I was like, I only need like 40 grand. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not asking for a million dollars. I'm not, I'm asking like a hundred thousand dollars would be great. Cause I would cover our payroll for months. And so I see that. And then I see Danny Meyer going like, well, we're not going to, or Tom Colicchio going, well, you know, if we make like $5,000 a night, that's not really worth it to us. And I'm over here going like, we've never really consistently done that here at our restaurant. <laughs> and I'll take that $5,000 you don't want. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's very, it's, it's the same conversation that people have on the restaurant level now that on the outside world talk about billionaires. People go, oh yeah, you know, fucking Steve, you know, Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and all these guys. Oh, they bought another $180 million house. Like uh, Jeff Bezos recently bought a house in LA. It's $185 million. People are homeless. <laughs> you know, people don't have stuff. People don't even have a house. I don't even have a fucking house. Right. And then you've got these guys over here, the buying houses left and right and do all this stuff. You know, good for them that they can, but when there's other people that can't and they're trying to drive the message that they're helping, it equates the same way that Ethan Stoll's and the Tom Douglas's are doing. Oh yeah, you cool. You had 17 restaurants, but how many mom pop shop, mom and pop shops are going to have to close? And that was their only restaurant. And you took money from them that you're sitting on because you don't know what to do with it. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I I'm definitely in this place where it's like something hit me when you said, you know, I could let me use that space that you're not using. And there's yeah. something very white, privileged, um, and, and rich asshole about having these spaces with, you know, cause the average restaurant to open a restaurant with a working kitchen is like 10 grand to open yeah. that space, to have the right. spaces sitting there full of food and, and think like not, not being used by some of these small businesses that can't pay their leases, that can't use the space. You know, that's the brilliance of you switching and doing what you're doing and creating these pantries. Seattle um, Kitchen Collective, that's also doing the same thing. Like mm -hmm. groups that are like, let's get together. And that's the difference between this white and then these POC um, minority business owners that are like, let's help each other. Right. And it's just, it's, it's a very different point of view. I mean, I look, I grew up in Olympia. My parents are Puerto Rican and I was the first person in my family that was born here. So I don't have like this, you know, rich uncle or rich aunt or <laughs> grandfather, or there's no fucking like trust fund. There's no nothing, you know? So when I see a lot of these restaurant owners saying like, Oh, we don't have this. We don't have enough. I don't know how we're going to survive if we have to reopen with 50% capacity. And then I'm like, well, it's a shitty concept. It's a shitty concept. It's then you got to reconcept. You got to rethink it. You got to fucking figure it out. If you still want to do it, then then do it or don't and get out. But don't sit here with crocodile tears telling me how it's fucking hard when you're, you know, sitting on an island in the San Juans and kind of doing things on a computer from far away or going to your second guest house or your vacation house and then telling everybody on a restaurant level that shit's hard. Like I don't want to hear that shit. It's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not okay. And and that's the bigger thing because there's a lot of people, I mean, I, we're seven days a week. You know, I'm working seven days a week. There's no, there's no day off. There's no like me sitting at home wondering when golf courses are going to fucking open or, you know, getting a chance to go on my boat or that, that does that doesn't even, that's not even at all like an option. Right. So it's like when people say like things are hard, it's crazy. Like there's this thing in Grub Street today with Danny Meyer. They're like checking in on him. And he's like, yeah, I'm at my house in Connecticut with seven people. And we're like, 
hanging out and cooking all the time. And luckily there's like a, you know, grocery store that we go to and my daughter's doing all the cooking and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, what the fuck is that? You know, it's very similar to like that story felt to me the same way Mario Batali's apology came off. Yeah. And then at the bottom, he put a fucking recipe for cinnamon rolls. Ugh. It's the same kind of shit, right? It's the same kind of shit. It's like, here's all the bad shit I'm up to. Yeah, but I'm trying to make a thing. But then here, my other hand, here's this salvation fucking recipe or some bullshit that we're working on. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're a family man. I don't give a fuck how your family's doing. What about the employees of your 2,000 fucking employees that you laid off? What about them, asshole? Wait, what about the people that constantly are just like feeding into it still that, you know, and they have public relations and PR. It's like you see 11 Madison park come out and it's like this very like stoic pictures of this guy in all white, like he's supposed to save us all. But then, you know, you fucking lay off all your employees and you waited to get an American express deal in order to make it a community kitchen that they funded it. And like one of the things that I wrote about was like, you know, here's a company that has a black card. That's fucking limitless, fucking limitless. So you're meaning to tell me that you can get a sponsorship deal, but you can't fund like a GoFundMe with an unlimited black card? Swipe the fucking card right. or shut the fuck up. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's very, it's very different. It's so, it's so weird because it's just maintaining optics and it's not getting anything done. There's a whole other side of it now where, you know, the race to reopen, it's crazy too because then – a lot of the people who want and are being vocal about it, and this goes back to like David Chang and all these like guys who are trying to be vocal more about it, is they're going to start to like want certain things to be there that smaller restaurants don't have. Right. Smaller people of color run restaurants do not understand it. They won't understand it. No. There's nobody that's going to help them. There's nobody that's going to be like, here's this guidebook. Here's this person that can help you. They're just going to shut down. They're just going to fucking shut down. They're going to make them get shut down. And then they're going to be like, hey, we opened up 20 more restaurants. And the cycle starts all over again. I don't know about you, but I, I know that um, I, I don't think I would have a connection to all of these stories and all these details unless I was on social media and connected to people like you that I'm, you're bringing a lot of this to light. Like I, I, I definitely supported these, these highbrow restaurants before, but seeing how they behave in this very, very, uh, yeah, just shitty, shitty situation has changed, flipped the script yeah. as far as takeout, all of these things. But also I, I don't know about you, but I want to see a hustle. Like there's something about, watching people because this is forcing us all to think outside the box right watching you think outside the box watching you create some of these amazing programs that you have and i would love for you to kind of run down the list because yeah. i saw like yeah. a game of thrones thing that i was like yeah. ex so excited yeah. about i was like a turkey leg yeah i mean it's it's interesting because i i do look at a lot of the chefs on social media kind of the same way you do and then i realize that a lot of these guys it's mostly guys are so fucking talented and the best thing they have to offer right now is like them doing a whole roasted chicken at home <laughs> and you see it you see, you see it on their fucking social media on their instagram or like it's like eric repair and he's like making whole roasted chicken and showing people how to do this and then you look at all the rest of stuff and the guy's just at home and i understand there's a stay-at-home order but here's the kicker your job is to fucking feed people there's people that are hungry that need food and you're the best at that, 
that people say you're the best at that. So why can't you do that? Why can't you do that thing that helps people? Why do you have to be at home cooking shit for yourself and for your fans? That seems really stupid. You know, the things that I'm creating are a lot of experience based things because I have guests that are reaching out that I know that have come in hundreds of times now and they are like hey eric would you consider doing this and i'm like fuck i mean i I guess if we can figure that out you know to make it work all the way up and down sure um you know i have purveyors that are you know seafood purveyors or meat purveyors and they're reaching out going like nobody's buying any of this stuff can we sell it to you since you looks like you're doing well and i'm like ah it's not something i normally you know put through the restaurant but fuck it we'll figure it out you know um I don't, I don't typically do like beef <laughs> here. Right. It's pretty rare. It's mostly seafood, vegetables, and then, you know, auxiliary style, like fancier meats, you know, like duck that we cure, we do the thing. But like beef is kind of what people want right now. They're buying it. And I have a really good line on it from my purveyor who's not really selling a lot of it to anybody else. So I'm like, guess we'll just sell some meat. You know, I'm not typically a pasta restaurant. <laughs> I bought an extruder months ago. And I was like, this, this thing's fucking dope. We do 200 pounds of pasta a week through our extruder. It's, it's fucking insane. And so then it's figuring out programming and changing that stuff and going, okay, we got to put some stuff into this pantry thing, into the meat program, the seafood program. And then we have all these things where I was thinking the other day, I was like, man, there's a lot of people that are just kind of doing the same thing right now. You know, they're doing, you know, pie kits or whatever. And I'm like, that just, that doesn't go far enough. You know, so now it's like, tying into experience. We have in-home experiences. We just did one this last weekend, which was like camping at home. And so we actually bought uh, tents. We set up s'mores kits. We did, it's a big package that people buy and it's set up for like two people. They get trail mix, they get all this stuff. And then I have a playlist, a video playlist. We set the the tent up in their uh, house and then the playlist goes over real time of them hiking and it shows like a virtual hike. That's so that goes awesome. in that goes into them setting stuff up and then that, that goes into like a fireplace or like a little fireplace type thing. And then it finishes it with them going to sleep. And so then it's uh, nine hours of like nighttime sounds with like a, a mountain and there's like the moon right behind it, but it's all like on their TV and they can like, you know, open the little camping thing and look at it. But that's very evolved for me. Um, but that's stuff we used to do here are like our 20 course tasting menus in the restaurant. We would do that within our space. So now it's going, Hey, you're going to have to follow these instructions, do it at your space. Um, But then also be in a price point that, you know, we're operating right now. Our range is $9 to 300 per person. Right. That's where we've always been, you know? And so then it's for people to be able to like understand that and then kind of get in where they fit in. Um, but not relaxing our standards on stuff and just going, yeah, the person who bought the $9 thing, fuck you. <laughs> right. And then the person who bought the 300 thing, you're fucking amazing. You know, it's, it's all, it's all the same line, you know? Um, and so it just, it's, it's basically reacting on a dime. I, I got really pissed off about the Bruce Chris thing and Shake Shack thing. So I did Otto's Eric Steakhouse. I did the, almost the same logo as Bruce Chris. I love it. It was amazing. You know, and I'm just like, I looked at their site and I was like, what's their pricing? Fuck it. I'll match it. And it's almost identical to what they're offering. And, you know, I did a shake, shake shit up thing. Um, and it was basically just us doing Shake Shack burgers. And I'm like, if, if this is what it's going to take to get people excited and, and, you know, buy stuff from us, 
great because you know the buying stuff for most part helps everything. Right. You know, I we have people we have an auto for the people program that we started right at the same time as everything else. We did the format change, and you know people can pay it forward these nine dollar bowls of food that we make, <clears throat> and then we take them and, and pass them off. We take them to like Overlake. We've done Har Review, Virginia Mason. Um, we do YWCA uh, twice a month, which is like 400 people at a time. Um, we do Mary's Place every Monday, or I'm sorry, every Tuesday. Um, and we have over, uh, you know, people that live in other parts of the city that are finding places for us to go. Um, we have this guy in Bellevue. He's never come in to the restaurant, but he goes, I know these people would want food. Can I just give you money? I'll tell you where to go, but you just make the food and then deliver it. And I was like, absolutely. Like, where do you want us to go? And so he's buying stuff for um, Bellevue police department. He bought stuff for Bellevue fire department, but they didn't want it. They're like, no, no, no. Send it to Salvation Army. He's like, we're good. We don't need it. And so we're just, you know, kind of playing that game too. Um, And so it's, it's like thousands of meals done out of the kitchen on top of everything else. You know, and, and done in a way that we're like, I'm not sitting there in, you know, fucking white chef jacket going like, look at me sponsored by, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> you know, so on my, it's, it's not like I'm any better or any worse because, uh, you know, people are getting fed. It's just a different way of approaching it that doesn't involve like looking like a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I mean, game over. Yes. Scene. Like, I think that was one thing that before I realized you were the chef when I was there, I thought you were another one of the waiters bringing food out because honestly, you work, you hustle just as hard as the people that work for you. And I think that that's something that creates an incredible amount of integrity and it makes me want to support what you're doing. I think that you're, you're also hustling because you want to take care of people. And on top of it, you're taking care of others. And I think there's not everybody is able to see outside of the box like this. Um, yeah. And it, it's hospitality. Right. I mean, that's, that's, it's, you know, hospitality 101. And it's not like hospitality of like being a professional, you know, class that you take in college or anything else like that. It's, it's hospitality, common sense. It's, if you have somebody over at your house, what are you going to do? Stare at them? <laughs> no, you're going to be like, let me show you where the restroom is. Uh, if you want some snacks here, uh, I ordered us pizza. Cool. Um, I have a sheet that you can use when you go to sleep. You know, that's the same process applied to like the restaurant stuff. And there's a lot of people that get jaded by it. And uh, frankly, they shouldn't be in it. You know, if they've been in patting themselves on their back, I mean, we're like, chefs going like, Oh, we've been doing this for 20, 30 years. And you know, what's, what, where's the help for us? And I'm like, if you've been doing this for 20, 30 years, I think you should have the shit figured out by now. Right. For real. If you, if you have literally won awards for saying that you're the shit, if you've won James Beard awards, if you've won all these things and those things can't help you turn into feeding your staff, then guess what? Those medals are fucking inedible. They aren't going to get you anything and you can't go anywhere now. And before you go, who's going to help us? You got to help yourself. You got to help yourself, man. It's, and, and, and you got to figure, figure your shit out first. And then you got to figure everybody else's shit out because that's what, that's what the idea of being a chef is. You know, you got to run the kitchen. If you can run the kitchen, then you got the whole thing. And then the next level is owning the restaurant. And then you got to do both. And then you got to understand who the guest is. Are you like, are you going to be in your kitchen and you can turn around and you see that somebody needs something in your dining room. What are you going to do? Stand there and fucking stare at them. Like you don't do that. That's not, it's not okay. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that you're, you're a great uh, example for these other chefs and these small businesses that 
to be quite honest, most of us are really just concerned about the small businesses. You know, I was so excited to uh, eat at uh, the Jerk Shack for the first time. And then they had to shut down because they got, they, you know, got broken into and, you know, their front, you know, the whole thing was looted. And it was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, someone like that, it's somebody tears your place up and you don't have any money anyway. And they decide to break a window. What you're going to spend three, 300 to like $3,000 to fix the window. Like where the hell's the money going to come from? Right. I tell you who has the money. It's, it's the fucking Ethan Stoles and all these other guys that are holding on to it. Cause they don't know what to do with it. That's the problem. Yeah. It's a that's, huge that's problem. problem. Well, I, I want you to do a really quick rundown of the programs that you've created yeah. to tell people and then also tell people yeah. how they can donate. Because I do think that there are people out there that are, because a lot of us are privileged. We either have a house, we have food, we have yeah. a roof over our head. Some of us still have our jobs and we don't know what to do with our money. And I, I would love for you to kind of run down your programs. Yeah. It's on, so on my website, it's com. Um, there's a couple sections on there. There's one that says auto experiences and there's another one that says like delivery, takeout, that kind of stuff. The audio experiences are a lot of the stuff that we're doing for takeout at the restaurant. And you'll find some of like the bigger, you know, programs and packages that we have on the delivery takeout one. When you click on that, you'll see, you know, the meat and seafood pantry program, um, you'll see, you know, a spot home program. Uh, you'll see entree evening. You'll see a bunch of stuff. There's basically two sites that are operating. One's our main ticketing system uh, that we have through Talk, and that was our, still is kind of our everyday kind of site. But I'm starting to build out um, that section on my own personal site, um, so that way it's a lot harder. I mean, a lot less hard to find exactly what we're doing, um, because normally when we're full speed, we have like a hundred over a hundred experiences <laughs> and they're going from like now all the way through the end of the year. So we have a lot of that programming still in place. Uh, and so we're trying to go back through it and reformat it and revamp it. It's just, it takes time, you know, um, <laughs> it takes a lot of time to go, okay, cool. Like, well, here's this, Oh shit. Now we got to do this. So it's, I understand that it's a little bit harder to navigate. Um, the auto for the people program, um, you can buy the bowls. Um, they're $9 each. And you can buy as many as you want. You could buy $9 worth or you can buy $9,000 worth. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's it's an option. Um, and then for that, you know, and to be completely transparent about that, um, it does a bunch of stuff. I mean, it, it keeps our employees busy, meaning they get the hours they need. Uh, so some of that, you know, that money goes there. It's not going to me. Um, I'm almost three years into this and I still haven't taken a paycheck from this. Um, the company pays for my rent <laughs> right. little dumb shit things like contacts and you know, yeah, we want clothes. you to see when you cook. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's, I'm not, I'm not like saving this to go buy a fucking retreat. I'm not saving it to like every dollar that comes in is resourced through the company. Um, and so, and that's been since day one. Um, I'm not putting money into my retirement. There isn't one. Uh, it, none of that's happening. You know what I mean? Like, so when somebody buys like a $9 bowl, it's going to help pay our employees that are on staff. You know, uh, we have a couple of people that are on salary. We have a lot of other people that are just hourly. Um, and with the uptick in the business, you know, they're getting overtime. So it's paying for that. And then, you know, the food that we buy, uh, the rent that we pay, utilities, I mean, everything, everything, everything. It goes into everything. So it's just a, a big pool. And then we're turning that into 
um, bowls that we're giving to, you know, frontline workers. And we're also giving to people who are, you know, either homeless or in places that are, you know, suffering from domestic violence uh, that need to get out. And so we're working with as many programs as we can. I mean, if I had that type of money coming in a lot stronger, that's just more stuff we can do. You know, so it's, it's with all the variables <laughs> happening, you know, our, our landlord, we've reached out to them and they're like, we're just going to wait and see. I haven't heard anything from them in like six weeks. <laughs> you know, they haven't said anything. So I'm just like, well, I guess we just have to fucking pay this shit. There's been no, wow. Hey, pay it later. Or we're going to give you a month off. Nothing. It's just basically been them saying like, we'll wait and see. I mean, they're based in South Carolina. So why the fuck do they care? Right. And you know, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very odd because then on a, a local level too, there isn't help. There was a grant program set up and they're like, yeah, everybody gets $10,000. And the restaurants that got it, the people that got it, yeah, cool, fine. But they're like, we weren't ready for the response. And I'm like, because you don't really understand how many people need help. What's happening, <laughs> And yeah. that's the red flag. Um, you know, on a state level, they're like, yeah, you know, we'll stop forbearance and foreclosures and all this other stuff. But that doesn't stop anything either. It doesn't mean the bills aren't due. You know, on a federal level it's been a fucking disaster and there's nothing coming from them. You know, when, when you can see billionaire companies and publicly traded companies getting something and getting there first, that's all it is. You know, I don't have, I saw that PVP program coming out and I knew I didn't have time to go sit with anyone to go and apply for it myself or Ingrid. We didn't have time when that shit was going down. And by the time it already came, it was empty. Like, you know, it's, it, right. there's no money there so for us. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? Do I waste six hours applying for this shit or do I go over here and feed people? <laughs> right. Right. You feed people or not. And your priorities are clearly where they need to be. But at a time when our fucking government and everyone is handling this so poorly, I think it's the small business owners and the entrepreneurs that are, and the houseless and differently abled minorities that are suffering the most. Yeah, they are. And, and there's nobody that's going to talk for them because they've been shit on the entire time. You know, it's Amazon or whoever else says they're doing record profits and all these things, but it's like at there's somebody else that's propping that up and it's, you know, a person of color, it's somebody that doesn't have a lot of money and they have to go to work. They have to make it happen because there are no other options. You know, there's no shelter in place on a David Geffen super yacht for these people. There isn't that option there. That's not a thing. And so they have to sit there and go to work. They have to, they have to keep the space open because they have to, you know, and, and there's people going like, well, you know, you shouldn't apply yourself. You should relax. You should do this. You should do that. I'm like, that sounds nice. But there's no way that if I don't come into work today, things aren't going to get generated or happen. You know, it's, right. it's literally less than 10 of us that work here. <laughs> and, and if, you know, I'm like, if I don't come to work, the shit's not going to get done. It's not because my employees don't know how to do it. It's just, that's the way it is. You're part of the cog in that wheel. Yeah. And you work next to them. You don't, tower over them it's a huge no i mean i'm not yeah i don't have like an off-site office where people are <laughs> meeting every day and then i come in with a sheet going all right guys here's what we're gonna do you know that's not it's not it or like that random chef that just comes in and pretends to cook something when the tv show does a random yeah, fucking yeah. documentary you're not that yeah they get, the, they get the text from the chef and they're like hey set up a station in the kitchen and right. make sure it's quiet from two to four o'clock because so-and-so is coming in to tape us you know whatever. <laughs> right. No, you're not that. And I love that. Well, I, I want to end this interview with some of my lightning round questions to kind of, yeah. it humanizes people. And I think that 
I want people to know um, that at the end of the day, besides being a fucking chef, restaurateur, powerhouse, you're also a human that's dealing with this as well with feeling and everything. So my favorite uh, question is, uh, what is your favorite swear word? I say fuck a lot. It's great. <laughs> do you have a certain do you have a certain phrase of fuck? Like some people like No, no, no. It's just like it's it's like a like I'm a pressure cooker and that's just a good little release. Nice. Button for, okay, just a yeah. little jab. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so is there when you're in the when you're in the kitchen, is there a certain type of music that you listen to or a movie that you turn on or audiobook? Yeah. It's a lot of reggaeton. A lot of like Bad Bunny, a lot of J Balvin. Um, that can kind of keep me going. There's a lot of EDM that happens, and then we get tired of that for a little bit, and then everybody else starts to play stuff. Um, but yeah, mostly reggaeton. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I want you to name three or however many you can think of influential people who have inspired you to be who you are today who are not white, straight, cis men. I mean, I would say it's like my parents are pretty dope. Um, they're 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 rad. Um, they've they've done a lot of crazy shit. I mean, coming from Puerto Rico and you know making a life for themselves out here, um, it's very different. Um, so they're pretty dope. I mean, Ingrid's helped me a lot too with everything. Um, so and she's helped me since day one with getting this thing off the ground when it was just my you know me doing um, tasting menus in my apartment for people. Mm. Um, and so it's been a pretty long crazy crazy ride with that. Um, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, other than that, it's not really, there aren't really too many people I, I kind of have time to hang out with or talk to. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it's, that's the list, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it, that's kind of how it's been. Um, you know, I haven't had a haircut in almost three years. And <laughs> so all these people bitching. <laughs> yeah. This, this fucking bullshit. Oh, uh, here, I'll show you this. This is pretty funny. This is my li- driver's license picture. I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, that's amazing! Wow, that's you. Yeah, Incredible. so that's like three years later, um, and <laughs> and it's just a matter of like you know not having time, two just not doing the process, and three just going like let's just see how this works out, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it, Eric. It's fine. Yeah, it's just it's just a thing of like priorities, and I think that's really what it comes down to. It adds to your character too. So that's good. All right. The last question is if you could have lunch with your younger self, what would you tell them? And more importantly, what would you eat? Um, I would probably tell them not listen to people so much. Mm. Um, that was something for a long time. Um, that Americanized life thing, of you're not a success unless you have the the house, the kids, the wife, the life, the, that kind of stuff. And it's just not, that's not good for everybody. Right. Um, like the white picket fence thing. That's not good for everybody. Um, <clears throat> you know, cause some people live in like downtown. Right, right. <laughs> like you can't just not listening to shit like that, not paying attention to stuff. That would have been, that would have eased up a lot of my, like earlier life stresses of trying to be successful. Right. Um, And so now it's just purely going, what can you do? How can you do it? How can you do it for yourself independently and not worry about what everybody else wants out of it? Right. Um, But still being able to package it all up and then, you know, make it cool for people. Yeah. Um, I'd probably, I don't know. still probably eat the same thing. I I like teriyaki. Right. Okay. That's good. 
kind of like my happy place. Is so. it? Okay. Favorite teriyaki yeah. place in Seattle? There's there's a bunch. I You know, so Toshi's Teriyaki that's up in Mill Creek, that's like my dream place. Uh, or Happy Teriyaki down in Olympia. That's where I used to eat when I was a little kid. Uh, I like pho too. Um, anytime I can get a chance to like eat that, that's like my tooth. That's my go-to. Yeah. I love it. I love all those answers. Well, thank you for being here. Where can people find you online? Where can people find you on Instagram? All of that. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's, everything's pretty much under Eric Rivera cooks. Uh, so the website it's that.com, uh, Instagram, same thing. Um, or auto Seattle, uh, which is our Instagram, uh, or on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. It's all pretty simple in that way. And it kind of expands out. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Perfect. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for all you're doing in the community. I think that, uh, more chefs could follow your lead and just follow the lead of maybe their heart instead of their pocketbook a little bit. And, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that we chance met that night and um i'm i'm excited about your spa packages because i'm definitely gonna send that to my daughter for a possible mother's day i'm like look at how amazing this is for mother's day you don't have to do anything yeah you could just do this and not worry about it and yeah eric could help you so all right (laughs) please try to get some rest and um thanks again for everything appreciate your time thank you Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mariangela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.